Welcome to day 36 of the story that changes everything. Congratulations, you've made it almost exactly 10% of the way through the biblical text. You're doing great. Today's readings are Leviticus chapters 13 through 15. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The three chapters for today wrap up the five chapters on purity, chapters 11 through 15. The 13th chapter deals with rules and regulations on how to deal with various skin diseases that might afflict people. Although these various diseases often get lumped together and called leprosy, it seems clear to modern scholars that these diseases are not the same as the skin-eating disease that today we call leprosy. Again, it's important to point out that these texts are dealing with ritual purity and not moral purity. Nevertheless, these various skin diseases represented aspects of death for the people, and their causes and levels of contagion were mysterious and problematic. As you read these chapters, you can sense the challenge of wanting to balance the care and safety of the people with the desire for people who are ailing to not stay excluded from the community for long, but to be reinitiated into everyday life and worship as soon as possible. I again couldn't help but read today's text in the light of the experiences of the recent global pandemic. I remember the day we made the decision as a church staff to require all the staff and volunteers to wear face coverings, and we hung a sign on the church door that said, if you're experiencing any symptoms, please stay home and join us online. Like so many, my wife and I caught COVID, and we ended up staying at home until we had fully recovered. At the university I teach at, the health team set up special quarantine protocols and even had isolated wings where students who had tested positive could go and stay, watch lectures online, and even have their food brought to them until they recovered and could rejoin the community. These purity laws don't want anyone to be excluded, but they also want to guard the holiness, yes, but also the safety and the welfare of the community. Chapter 14 outlines the rituals that make those who've recovered from a skin disease ceremonially clean again. You'll notice that special provisions are made here also for the poor to be able to participate. Also notice that there are regulations not just for afflicted individuals, but also for dwellings or homes that begin to show various growths. If you've ever had to get mold out of an old house, you can empathize with this section of the law. Perhaps because of my own vocation, I was struck that it's the priests who serve as the persons designated by the community to determine the seriousness of a person's skin disease and then determine if that person is clean or unclean. It made me glad that I don't have to have that expertise or make those kinds of calls now. However, it did remind me of a handful of times when I've had to ask a person in the church because of struggles going on in their own life to meet with a counselor so that counselor could let me know if that person is healthy enough to be either fully present in the church or capable of serving in various areas of volunteer ministry. Those situations are never easy, but balancing the holiness and safety of God's people with the realities of the way various forms of deathliness enter our lives is challenging, but it's our calling nonetheless. When our son Jonah was little, he was very curious and often wanted to talk about various parts of his body and their interesting functions. He knew he probably shouldn't talk about those kinds of things in public, but he really wanted to get some of his questions answered. So he would 
occasionally pull some of our adult friends aside and ask, is it okay if we have some potty talk? He did that once with my executive pastor and friend, whose name is also Scott. And Jonah proceeded to share with him that he was very concerned that when he went to the bathroom, his pee was a little too clear and not yellow enough. My friend Scott assured him that that was probably because he'd been drinking lots of water and that it was not only a natural thing, but even a good thing for it to be more clear than yellow. Jonah seemed to be appeased. I think Jonah would like Leviticus chapter 15 because it's the Bible's version of potty talk. The text deals kind of awkwardly with both male and female discharges. I don't really have that much to say about this chapter because unlike my son Jonah, I don't really like potty talk. I will just say this, that the text seems to show concern for how various urinary and sexual infections can be handled both with, again, grace, but also care for each other. These texts seem to struggle with the unique collision between life and death that sometimes goes on even within our own bodies. In our day, for lots of reasons, including how expensive kids are, we don't always connect sexual intimacy with procreation, and so we don't think of a woman starting her menstrual cycle as a kind of defeat or death. In fact, in some cases, it might be a kind of relief. Perhaps, if we were to read this chapter through the eyes of a couple struggling with infertility, or if we were to read these texts through the eyes of Sarah, who's barren, or Rebecca, or Rachel, and have their barrenness in mind, then we would see that in their case, every time their period arrived, there was actually a sense of sadness or defeat connected to it. Even male sexual discharge might be seen as wasted sperm that might have led to a pregnancy. Now, certainly for most women and men, even in the ancient time period, these regular aspects of being human weren't filled with such drama, but perhaps reading it through the eyes of barrenness, that might help us appreciate how these are actually, in a small way, a kind of death that must be acknowledged and perhaps in some cases even grieved, but in all cases, ritually offered to the holy God who brings life, even out of these strange forms of deathliness. So let's review a little. Leviticus chapters 1 through 7 dealt with rituals. Chapters 8 through 10 addressed the priesthood. And now chapters 11 through 15 spelled out purity. Tomorrow, a couple of our chapters, chapters 16 and 17, will form the very center of the book of Leviticus. So don't miss out on tomorrow. But then the book will turn around and go in reverse. Chapters 18 through 20 will again deal with forms of purity. Chapters 21 and 22 will deal with the priests, and then the final chapters, chapters 23 through 27, will finish with more ritual. So, despite their oddity, read today's scriptures carefully, looking for things you've never seen before. Listen to what the Spirit might say to you through the scripture today. Journal some of your reflections, questions, and prayers, and keep your potty talk to yourself. Our readings for tomorrow are Leviticus chapters 16 through 18 and Psalm 16. I'll talk to you tomorrow.